Welcome back to Open House with Mark Sewick and Corey James Moran, brought to you by the Mark Sewick team at Keller Williams Realty, a Greater Rochester Real Estate Podcast. Welcome to episode 24, Navigating a Shifting Marketplace. Emphasis on the word shifting. Yeah. This has been interesting. This has been nothing short of fascinating. I've got whiplash. I mean, my neck hurts. <laughs> I, I, have, I have whiplash. This is insane. Mark, how are you doing? I'm great, bud. How you doing? I am on pins and needles at every moment of the day. Well, you should be. Yeah, we're uh, we're in crunch time. My wife is, uh, let's see, due on October 21st. Right. Um, she has put it into the universe that she's going to go early because, well, she's ready. Uh, well, when she's also a, a forceful uh, woman. Yes. And so, if, if yes, I, I would imagine she will probably, yeah. if she's saying it, she's going to do it. She's not super psyched about the fact that her doctors told her that they will not induce before 42 weeks due to the... Uh, hospital oh, employee no. shortage. Oh, so gosh. that's added to some of the anxiety, which is definitely something that we need for sure. Uh, I'm sorry to hear uh, that. Yeah, but um, it, it, obviously in the end, it will be worth it. But she's, she's doing well? Um, define well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how are you doing? Define well. <laughs> no, doing fine. I will tell you this. Um, it is a, for anyone listening who has multiple children, it is such a different animal the second time what, around. Why is that? Uh, the first time around, it's just I got to focus just on her, and it was whatever she needed in that moment, instantaneously. I mean, get the bell, ring the bell, I'm the yeah, butler, yeah. right? When you have the added um, challenge, uh, especially in our mm-hmm. case, uh, mm-hmm. my son Mason is active, um, <laughs> to put it lightly. I'm chasing around him and, and, wow. and picking up a lot of the responsibility of uh, of dealing with him while she is you know, growing a baby, I obviously have no problem with that, but it is exhausting. I, I, it's I, exhausting. I can't imagine. I mean, yeah. you, you you work long hours. I mean, yeah. I, honestly, you work long hours, and on top of that, you're being a dad, yeah. and, you know, let's face it, you know, you're, you're playing the role of mom right now also. What um, other uh, stressful things can I throw on my plate? <laughs> Make it a little, yeah. little, little bit tougher. You handle it well, though, bud. Yeah. Well, listen, there's no uh, there's no alternative as far as I uh, <laughs> as I can think of. So, all right. So, so we've we've mentioned a few times in the podcast that we're, there are four births yeah. that, uh, that that were going to be taking place on our team. It's true. So, uh, just was it 48 hours ago? 36 yeah. hours ago? Yeah, one's down. Yeah, yeah. So, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I was going to go back because we did have the baby poll of uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going. Is, I'm not going down that this, road. No, it, it's no, it's no. It's I too demand soon. a recount. It's too soon. No, they, they were right in Maricopa County. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So. Um, I, for the record, I do want to uh, to flex a little bit. Apparently, I did have the weight correct uh, for Marissa's baby Carter. There you go. Um, however, uh, Aaron Duffy Cruz of our team did have the date correct. So I think there was some collusion too. I, I, to be honest, I no. I mean, I'm 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 furious. I'm I'm angry. Um, and I'm I'm going to demonstrate. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. Get your I'm, signs. That, that's right. No. I there is going to be an, an insurrection here at 2000 South Whitten. I'm going to kick yep. in the door. Yep. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the first of uh, of several. Are you, you're going to edit all this out, aren't you? No, I'm leaving. I'm leaving all of it. I'm leaving all of it. Don't steal the podium. Whatever you do, doesn't edit out and goes even harder. Perfect. Um, so this is the first of many. So yes, uh, right, one down, three to go. Yeah. You're next up, bud. Yeah, I know. Um, how does that make you feel, by the way, of just knowing of all of this is going on with the team? Uh, do you uh, do you fear for our sanity a little bit? No. Yeah, I, I, got it. I, 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 honestly, you know, I'm able to look at it from such a distance, but um, it actually makes it, – it, it's so gratifying. To be very honest, it's really, really, really gratifying. And for those who know the team or who know me, I mean, I am very – 
I'm very, very, very proud of our team. I love our team. I love the members of our team. I love socializing with the team. Um, and we, some of us have been together for such a long period of time, and to see them give birth and to grow their family, sure. and it's just, it's it's magical. It's very, very, very exciting. So While you're I mean, getting your full nights of sleep. And- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and the fact that everybody chose to give birth in the final quarter of the year, it's, it's, yeah. not in the middle of the spring market. There you go. I mean, that, that's very kind on the part of, I mean, that's good planning. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, since you mentioned the market, we did get into it a little bit last week when we had Mark Crandall from the team uh, on the podcast with us for uh, episode 23, How to Create a Bidding War, if you can. Uh, I definitely highlight that last part there. It's going to be increasingly <laughs> difficult to do so. Uh, but if you missed that, as always, get caught up and listen to all of our podcasts. A ton of interesting content out there. You can go back through and listen to us as we talk about our predictions and what we anticipate to happen. And for the most part, it's been pretty spot on. You know what? I, I think we've had a pretty good track record. Yeah. And, and, and we, we may actually, as more data becomes available, mm-hmm. we, we may be even more accurate than perhaps we were thinking last week. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So let's dive into the, uh, the market update for this episode. So at the recording of this podcast, Monroe County did see a bit of a jump. Not a huge one, but a bit of a jump. We're at 553 for active listings. Oh, okay, uh, so, so wait, so an increase of 17 homes? Uh, yep, there you go. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's something, okay. right? Wow. Okay, sorry to rain on your parade there, <laughs> mister. Listen, I like to be the eternal optimist. Yeah, and, and you are. You really are, Half bud. glass full. <laughs> hey, we have six, or we have uh, rather 10 more uh, listings for the six-county region up from uh, 948 to 958. Well, there there you go. See? So, it, it, listen, I'm just waiting for next week. It's going to skyrocket. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I'm waiting for. Well, in, in all seriousness, though, it is going to be very interesting because we have how much market left, really, for the year. I, I think, really, I, I have sort of this internal clock. I, I, I count down because I'm, I'm always and forever encouraging clients, like, okay, you better get your house on the market for right. sale because you only have. And at this point in time, I think we've got... 42 days, so it's six weeks from today, Okay. or, or thereabouts. Is, I mean, actually, as I was saying to somebody last night, this is incredible. I told a client last night that the market always ends on or about November 10th. Okay. Takes a respite for the holidays. And uh, I said to this client last night, yeah, because six weeks from now, uh, everybody starts to think about turkeys and mistletoe. And I realized, holy, like six weeks from now, yeah. we're putting together lists of you know breadcrumbs and sage and frozen corn and all. It's... That's kind of shocking. And it comes at you. It comes at you, yeah. Time keeps moving for sure. So, Mark, of all the years you've done real estate, where do you rank this past year or so as far as being the most interesting? Oh, uh, unexpected. I mean, what other? Th- uh, you know, you're you're the one with the vocabulary on this. Uh, it, it is un- it is unprecedented. Yeah. I've never. I always talk about. Uh, I, I like to travel a lot, and so you know, people will often ask, "So, what's your favorite?" And the response I often give is that th- th- we've had lots and lots and lots of great vacations, but there's one that isn't better than all uh, than all the others. There was one that is hands down miles apart from and better than it, and that was having traveled uh, to to Kenya on safari. Oh, it's awesome! Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about this. Like, it wasn't just a bit different. It wasn't just a bit interesting. This was hands down miles apart from anything else we've ever experienced. And and, and frankly, I found it exhilarating and sure. exciting and interesting. It was challenging. It, it I don't know. I mean, we're all exhausted, but but boy, I had a hell of a lot of fun. And we still got, you know, we still got some time to go. Absolutely. Well, that, you know, that, 
that's what happens with a challenge. When you meet that challenge and you're able to conquer it, yeah. then there is that satisfaction that uh, that comes along with it. So let's give a, a quick recap of what the year's been like. Um, things took off in the spring. I mean, more than ever before. Well, can, can I define spring? Yeah. Um, spring, so, so Rochesterians oftentimes think of the spring market as beginning on March 1st. And historically, that's when the market did begin because that's when snow would start to melt, crocus would start to appear, that kind of thing. As a result of two phenomena, one, uh, global warming, our, our, our winters are warmer. So yeah. uh, the end of January, the beginning of February is really, is really when we start to see the market opening up. So, so uh, climactic um, conditions have, have um, made for, but technology also, because people are able to start uh, shopping for real estate from the comfort of their home. Right in the middle of January, they would never have the privilege of doing so. And if somebody wanted to look in January, it really meant putting on your galoshes and, you know, trudging over a, a four-foot snowbank. So, um, so so when you say that the market began uh, this spring, I think if we were to look back and look at numbers, we realized probably sometime in February, like, okay. wow, that was, that, that, that was kind of busy. And then all of a sudden, March comes along. And then, and then you know, and, and it's like, okay, strap yourself in. Like, this is, you know, and yeah, and then, then the rest of the season just played out as it did. Yeah, so the rest of the spring obviously happened uh, and was insane. I mean, can you remember in recent history a better seller's market than what no. many of our sellers experienced in the spring? No, I don't think that there has ever been a better, there, there, there never has been a better seller's market. Let, let me just... Let me just say, an unqualified, <laughs> definitively, <it is laughs> definitively and unqualified, it has never been better for sellers. Yep. Uh, then we began to see a little bit of a slowdown over the summer, but not much. Still, an incredibly strong sellers market. It was on or about the fifteenth of May that we began to realize that things were starting to slow down. It wasn't a bad market, not in any way whatsoever. It was just a slower market comparatively. Um, comparatively, right. Um, right? Sellers were still in charge. Sellers were still in control. Buyers were still um, anxious to find property, and there were still more sellers than there were, more more buyers than there were sellers. Well, when you're riding in your rocket ship at a thousand miles an hour, yeah. and then you go down to your car that goes one fifty, yeah. you're still going fast. But yeah. it's, it seems it's a little different. Like the analogy, that's Thank that's you. that's very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm an artist. What can I say? Uh. <laughs> Um, so the, the summer thing started to cool down a little bit. Uh, it went from, you know, not every uh, not every listing was getting 20 offers, which seemed like the case there for much of the spring. But, but they were getting yeah. six offers. Which still. Yeah, we'll take it. And then Labor Day hit. Right. And that, that's, that's where all of my prognosticating went out the window. Um, and I was, as I've said several times, I was completely and absolutely certain that the buyers were going to return to the market and they're there, but not in but but not in large numbers. And those who are engaged, well, you know, I mean, it's it's, it's schizophrenic to be very frank. I yeah. mean, because I'm going down this one path where I'm starting to say that that the buyers are out there, that they're not as engaged as they were. They're you know walking through properties, they're writing offers. But then in the middle of that whole chain of thought, I'm thinking about. Uh, Aaron Duffy, who lost out over the course of the past uh, few days on, I think, three offers because her buyers were in bidding wars, three or four offers. Mark Crandall, the same thing. So, so there are still bidding wars that are going on, but I think that the market has changed in that it's not an absolute, it, it, as, as we keep saying, four walls and a roof does no longer mean that you're going to get multiple offers. It really is a very, very uh, rarefied at this point in time, very specific kind of house. It's very property specific. Yes, yes. Because and, and, and yeah. we can break it down. I mean, 
um, uh, location, certainly. Mm -hmm. If you are, and, and what's interesting from my perspective is that we're going back to the the basic tenets of real estate, real estate 101. So everybody always knows location, location, location. So that is now of prime importance once again. So if you're in a good school district, yes, you're going to pay top dollar for the privilege of, but with the passing of time, uh, your property is going to be worth more money. It's going to increase um, at a far greater pace and value than a district that is not so terrific a district. And school districts are certainly, school districts in general, if they're a really great school district, it's selling as is the southeast quadrant of the city, meaning Park Avenue and East Avenue. Sure, of course. Which historically sell well always. Always, yeah. yes, indeed. Um, so it, it's interesting. I, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about why is it that the buyers haven't come back in the droves that we experienced in the summer. It's certainly not the fact that they all found houses. That That is definitely not the case. My instinct on it is that over the course of the spring and the summer, buyers became pickier because they know that they are going to be paying more than maybe they originally anticipated when they were thinking about, well, let's buy a house last year, right, for example. Right. So they are, are really hyper-focusing in on those properties that are exactly what they want. I, I think that's uh, at least a factor in play. I, 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 think, I think it's one of several factors. You brought to my attention last week one that, that has resonated with me. Um, and I think that there's still some lingering fear about COVID. Yeah, that too. Sure. I, I think there was an expectation. We certainly were far better off than we were. But I think there was an expectation earlier in this year that we were rolling out the vaccine and we were going to uh, roll up our sleeves collectively as a nation and find ourselves on the other side of this. And I think that people are just somewhat exhausted. Mm -hmm. But but I, th I, th I think there's a second exhaustion which which plays into it. And I think that there's just some buyer fatigue out there. Sure. Just, you know, I, I was thinking that uh, everybody was going to enjoy uh, the summer, um, rest up, and, and they were going to be fully energized and re-enter the market. And I think they're just still exhausted by by engaging in the frustrating battles that they wore this past spring. So It takes a toll on you. It, it does. It does yeah. So, it, you know, it does make sense. Physically um, and emotionally. So, yes, but, but, but can we go back? Because yeah. I think there were two other factors that, you know, we were talking about what is selling and what's not selling. So I started to mention location. Yep. The other um, is condition. And... Everything was selling. Everything was selling. Now, if you want to sell, and it's, certainly if you want to sell for top dollar, you've got to start to pay more attention to removing wallpaper and painting out the interior of the property, removing dated carpet, that kind of thing. I think it's very, very important that people start to focus on that once again. And then pricing. And we spent a lot of time talking last week about pricing. Did, yes. Uh, but I think you know, that uh, you need to be more careful and you really need to have a clear understanding about what's going on with valuation right now. And this is as much about the science of real estate as it is the art. It's as much about the art of real estate as it is the science. So I think it's, I think it's important that people focus on. So, so if, you know, if, if you're priced appropriately in a great neighborhood and you've got great condition, you're probably going to be one of the remaining properties that will um, enjoy multiple bids in a bidding war. Absolutely. So let's break down uh, from both sides here, from the seller side and from the buyer side, looking at this market now, as we've uh, talked about in, in length. Yes, it's not as good as it was, but all things considered, where do you compare this market to maybe some previous ones? Still is a seller's market by definition. It's still a seller's market and it's still still one of the better seller's markets out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, I've, I've, I've chuckled a bit over the course of the past week or two as agents are really grappling with 
how to behave and perform and execute in light of these new market conditions because everybody has become so accustomed and so used to delayed negotiations and bidding wars and and all of this insanity that, that now that we're just getting back to normal people don't know how to behave so it's sort of interesting and i just I'm, I'm trying to remind clients but also my colleagues we've been through we, we sold real estate like this right. for decades <laughs> so this is nothing new let's just go back to basics so but but it still is a, a very 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 good market for sellers so again if you are been thinking about it it's still a good time for you now if you're a buyer it's kind of unique considering where we came from because it seems like a good time for both. Because if you are a buyer right now, you haven't seen a better market for you since when? I can't even answer that question. It's been a while. Long pause. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think that sometimes silence uh, is all the answer you need. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's been several years. It, 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 it has definitely been several years. So... Um, uh, it, it's been a while, but, but it is interesting. And it's almost, if you will, the Goldilocks of uh, of real estate markets mm-hmm. right now. And that it's not too hot, it's not too cold. Um, it's 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 it seems to be just right. It, and it's a good market for sellers, but at the same time, as you're suggesting, it's a good market for buyers right now. Yeah, actually, you know, getting offers accepted potentially under asking, or you're not in a bidding war with 20 other people, and it's just you know, maybe you and another offer that you're going head to head. So it's it's far much more manageable. And, and, and as we as we describe why it is a good market for sellers, because if you over the course of the past few weeks, increasingly there are numbers that indicate that nationally real estate has gone up somewhere between 17.5 percent and 19 percent over the preceding 12 months. So if a sell and there's no coming off that there's there's no correction that's going on right now. If you're a seller, you're selling more or less 18 percent, 19 percent above where it was that you were last year. So it's a great market for sellers still. You know, congratulations. Take your 20 percent profit and, and you know and call it a day. Buyers, um, yes, they're going to have to pay 20% but above what it is that they would have paid last year. But as you're suggesting, they're not having to pay a premium on top of that because right. they are not, they're no longer involved in, in, in compete, competing with 20 others. And I think you mentioned something that's it's so critical to highlight, and that is the fact that these property numbers are holding. We yes, aren't, we yes. aren't, this is the new watermark. Again, yes. we've talked about it uh, a lot. Uh, throughout the podcast that there were some people that were, you know, shouting into the sky that the bubble was going to burst yeah, and that these, not happening, not if, at all. if you paid this much over, you were just burning your money. Uh, no, it, it's just the new watermark. It, 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 and there are lots and lots and lots of reasons. We won't go into it in this podcast, but there are, there are a, a strong handful of reasons as to why there's not going to be a major correction. So, I mean, there will be a seasonal correction. Sure. You know, from, you know, it, it, back to November 10th, from, you know, the holidays um, until the third week of January, beginning of February, yeah, things are slower. And you can usually pick up a property if you're a buyer. You can usually find a, a, a property for sale, you know, a few percentage points below what you would be paying if you were searching in March or April. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that most people aren't putting their home on the market for sale unless there's some imperative. Right. Uh, there, there's a death in the family or there's illness. Somebody's going into a nursing home. There's a bankruptcy. There's a divorce. You know, it's it, it usually... Moving, new job. Uh, yeah, thing, yeah, usually you know, moving a new job, relocation. That's the, usually the only positive story that we hear yeah. when somebody's putting that. Otherwise, there are a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of difficult stories um, associated with listing this time or during that time of year. So, Mark, I want you to pull out your crystal ball here. I want you okay, to look. Let me I dust it off. I want you to look into the crystal ball. Okay. What do you see for next year? Let's let's start with just the beginning of next year. So, again, we anticipate the market is going to pick up by the end of January, beginning of February. 
how do you think how do you think this thing starts? We 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 come out hot, We're yeah. hot, very, yeah. very hot. Um, and, and you you mentioned it a moment ago, and I think it's worth repeating. Uh, there were hundreds, if not thousands, of buyers who were looking up until May 14th, May 15th. Mm-hmm. And we keep saying that they stepped aside for the summer and they haven't materialized, they haven't rematerialized. Well, I would imagine that come January, uh, they are they are going to be um, back in pursuit. Yeah, they're not going to wait forever. Right, right. right so right. that makes sense. Um, I wanted to get into maybe a little bit of history of seeing these buyers and sellers markets come and go and kind of your experience of, of as you see a shift like this, how to navigate it exactly, how you're advising uh, buyers and sellers that you're you're working with. It's a bit difficult. I, I think the period that we're going through right now, and I just keep reminding all of our clients over and over and over again that there is a shift that's going on, that there's not enough data, that we can't be precise. And so I think just having uh, great lines of communication and continually saying to our clients over and over and over again, we're going to keep you apprised and aware. Don't be surprised if five days from now or 10 days from now, um, I'm providing you more information that may corroborate what it is, that the, our, our current strategy, or we may need to pivot. So I think that that's very important for both buyers and for sellers, just to be agile and, uh, and to be willing to make change. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Again, anything we've learned this year, it's that rolling with the punches and learning how to adapt is so critically important. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I am curious from a, from a buyer's standpoint, uh, obviously they've had to give up a lot recently mm-hmm. as far as if you want to get your offer accepted. We talked about the premium they have to pay, but also there's other contingencies in play. Uh, inspection, for example. Again, every time I have a conversation with one of my clients, when we have the inspection talk, you know, again, we've covered it here on the podcast multiple times uh, about our happy medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least the best that we can do in a lot of situations is doing the pre-inspection. So at least yep. you have the peace of mind going into it. But do you foresee inspection? It's already happening. Yeah, it's, it's it, already it, begun. It, it, yeah. it is already happening. Um, I'd say that at least half of the sales that are taking place right now have an inspection uh, that uh, that is associated and tied to. And you're seeing mortgage contingencies again. Yep. So um, th- there are definitely definitely changes that, that are occurring. So uh, I think that buyers are, are finding a, a little bit more equilibrium, a little bit more of an ability to negotiate. Which is amazing, <laughs> to be frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. especially, you know, especially working with some of these buyers who have been looking for a while and they've experienced the ebbs and flows of it to get to this point now they're almost shocked um that it that it is you know there's some advantage for them <laughs> because really for so long it was here take my money take everything it, it was it was it was really in some ways it was, it was a bit sad to see some of the desperation that was going on so um yeah so so i i, I am i am enjoying um you know on behalf of our buyers i'm enjoying the correction so absolutely so fascinating times that we're living in we'll see if your prediction for uh, early next year comes to fruition I, 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 but you only got us through january tell, tell yeah. what, what do you what do you think happens mm-hmm. um through the first quarter or the first half of next year i could see honestly a repeat of what happened this year i, I agree yeah yeah that's what i'm anticipating I, I am I am fully anticipating that uh, that the, that buyers are going to. The only difference is I think that buyers will have learned their lesson from the, this past year, and I wouldn't be surprised if the market started 
earlier than ever yeah. before. Uh, like, okay, holidays are over. Let's take down the tree and let's uh, let's start to walk through properties. Right. Um, because I think that, that buyers are going to realize that they're going to have to start walking through properties more quickly. And they probably learned, I, I would hate to think, but because of the lessons of this past year, they may, pull, they may be pulling the trigger harder this coming season than they did this past year, which would be... And, and then, honestly, then I start to have some concerns and worry because from my perspective then, that becomes more of a bubble. We are not right. in a bubble. Uh, we're not experiencing a bubble. I have no concerns about a crash or a correction. But if, if, if we see a repeat of this going on next year, and, and I, I keep saying it over and over again, we just need more housing stock. Right, yeah. We need more property, both locally and nationally. Yep. Well, we'll see. Uh, lumber costs have come down a bit, so that's yes. a, that's a positive. Yes, yes. But but there still needs, as I've said before, there still needs to be an incentive on the part of builders to actually build, especially for those first-time home buyers. Sure. So th- there's just no profit to be enjoyed for uh, a builder to erect a, a subdivision of two hundred fifty thousand dollars properties. There's just not enough there, and that's where the real bottleneck yeah. is. And so if we want to, if we want to encourage um, first-time home buyers to purchase, if we want to provide them an opportunity, uh, then, then government is going to step in and subsidize and create um, some kind of an incentive for these builders. And in doing so, well, municipalities are going to be paid back. They're, they're going to be increasing the tax rolls. Sure. And then all of a sudden you've got movement in the markets because you will have buyers, first-time buyers moving in, and that just creates opportunity all, all, all over the place. It's so. been interesting because there seems to be a little bit of that from the government stepping in already. Did you see, I think it was just this week actually, a uh, story came out about the the tiny homes that are being built. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yes. So like the 400-square-foot yes. homes. I mean, they're only planning on building nine of them at this point. Um, yeah, but, I, but it's, I'm, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm just trying to let me let me do some quick math here yeah. to see whether or not nine is actually going to have an impact. Right, uh, probably yes. not. <laughs> but it's a start. It, it, it's it, a start. It, 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 it is. It is a start. And there's no, the eternal no. optimist back yeah. again. <laughs> so true. So uh, again, always fascinating to uh, dissect and dive into the market and what we anticipate is going to be happening. But um, I think if we can leave with anything, right now is a really good time, especially if you're a buyer, especially if we're right that things are going to start off hot again next year. You have about six weeks or so to get yourself settled and yep. uh, and then move on and not have to jump back into the fray next year. Agreed. Agreed. So um, great conversation. What are we doing next week, bud? Next week. Great question, Mark. Haven't got that far yet. Okay. <laughs> Trying to think. Do you have any suggestions? This was going to be a choose your your own choice. Well, l- l- let's reference let's yeah. reference Marissa for okay. a moment. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Marissa says that we suck. <laughs> We're terrible at this unless we have a guest. Right. So um, we, we've had a few guests. Strongly um, disagree. May, maybe we should have Aaron Duffy join us. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's she's got some interesting perspective. Um, yeah, I, I, why don't we okay. talk to Aaron? All right. All right. Sounds like a plan. Another member from the team, by the way. You can always find out more about the team over at marksebook.com. All of our listings are up there as well and uh, how to get in touch with us. So there you have it. All right. Thanks again for listening. It's Open House with Mark Seawick and Corey James Moran. <laughs> <laughs>